0: what's going on i'd like to give you a big thanks for tuning into this podcast here at all sports best uh, we interviewed steve mac super good dude from south africa you can catch him at steve Mac conditioning on instagram he's got a great backstory things i had no idea about he's been able to accomplish it's outstanding and he's a genuinely good guy trying to make the fitness community a lot better he will reach out to you in the dm so if you have any questions Regarding fitness, you got to reach out to Steve Mack Conditioning. Guys, without further ado, here's our interview with Steve Mack. Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best. I'm Trey Gonzalez, and I'm here with a very special guest. As a matter of fact, this is the first international interview that we've ever done. He is located in South Africa. His name is Steve Mack of at steve matt conditioning if you want to follow him on instagram steve how you doing man
1: yeah all good all good thanks very much for having me on the show really looking forward to chatting to you guys today
0: absolutely so for the people back home i kind of want you to kind of brief them on what exactly you do i found you on social media you were really cool about getting back to me um what is it that got you such a platform on social media
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it it goes back. um, I'm a professional strength and conditioning coach by profession. So I was a rugby player in South Africa. Oh. um, And I played, yeah. So rugby is really up and coming in the States now. So your 7 side team is doing really well. Uh, You just won the the Las Vegas Sevens now recently. And and obviously uh, uh, a good mate of mine, Gary Gold, is actually the head coach of the Eagles, USA Eagles. Oh, wow. So... uh, yeah, so just out of interest' sake, like, so I had a rugby background in South Africa, and in South Africa, rugby is a massive sport. Pretty much, probably like sort of NFL is in the states for basketball, and that's baseball. That kind of that kind of it's, it's seen as almost a national sport. Yeah, and I played, and I played uh, at at a good level. I went to uh, Stellenbosch University, which is considered the top rugby university in South Africa, and I managed mm-hmm. to play for them, and then. Uh, played some provincial rugby up to under 21 level before I picked up a few injuries and studied sports science at that university. So I did a Mm. a sports science degree and did my honours degree at Stenobosch University and then went from there into the whole field of strength and conditioning training. Um, I got very involved in the whole rugby side, rugby-specific side of strength and conditioning and, Mm. and kind of worked my way up through the rugby levels um, and then I was actually very fortunate to end up uh, working with our national side, the Springbok rugby team. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, in 2007, and actually was part of that World Cup uh, 2007 in France, which we actually won. So that was an amazing experience. That's
0: amazing, yeah.
1: So 22 years in the strength and conditioning game with a real emphasis in rugby and sports conditioning. Um, and then I started my own private business in South Africa, focusing on strength and conditioning, assisting athletes, individuals. And really dealing with anyone from a health, wellness, and strength and conditioning uh, capacity. So diversified out of sports a lot as well and really got into into things like assisting guys with weight loss and uh, just guys getting back into shape. So yeah. my whole life was geared into that space. Um, you had international exposure in the sporting uh, arena and then I think leveraged that back into to my own private business and kind of grew from there. I found Instagram as a platform about two years ago or so, two and a half years ago. Wow. And just started, started putting up, uh, yeah, it was about two and a half years ago, started putting out content. And I think it was, I was quite lucky in terms of it, it was before the algorithm of Instagram really started cracking down on yeah. on, on your growth organically. <laughs> and kind of, I, I got in early uh, and along with semi-viral and I started to pick up a lot of support and, and it just kind of really grew from there. Um, Mm. and then I think I've always made an effort to I think it's right as I did with you guys if guys reach out to me on social media I try to connect with everyone I think relationship building is a key fundamental to success in life in any area Mm. and I think I've got a lot of referral and, and sort of recommendation from that as well so just building obviously having the credibility from 22 years in the industry having the qualification but also being able to connect personally with guys and whether it was a young schoolboy asking, you know, about his and ankle or professional athletes in the UK asking me advice, I'd be connecting and trying to get back to everyone. So it was a lot of work. That's awesome. Um, it takes a lot of time, but yeah, I think that, that created a real foundation for over 100,000 guys that are following me at the moment.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty awesome to see that too. I mean, for most people at that, at that stage, it's kind of like, okay, my DMs are so full that it's going to be hard to get back to people. You try to make a conscious effort to respond and, and actually help people with what they can do with no charge, right?
1: Correct, correct. So, uh, too late, I've charged for nothing via social media. It's a, it's just been a, you know, I think it's, it's a principle in life. Again, you know, you, you've got to give before you expect to get. And mm-hmm. I think relationship building is the key to anything. So, if you can get people to know, I can trust you and 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 you understand that reality in any business or adventure you're involved in a that's your priority first. I think it's a really solid foundation if you ever want to move forward and monetize at a later stage or ask for some favor in return. So that was really the fundamental philosophy and principle based on obviously having the time, 20 years, international exposure, the academic qualification to sort of tie those two together and obviously create something quite powerful and quite uh, impactful.
0: Sure, sure. Um, Getting all these DMs and all these um, all these requests for advice and things like that. What is the most common mistake that you see in workouts today?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's really varied because I get a wide variety of of guys from a, a guy at school just trying to put a muscle to international athletes trying to prove things. But on a fundamental level, I think people don't have an understanding that there's a, there's a process. A lot of people are looking for quick fixes, and, mm-hmm. and not understanding, and not having a, pl- a real plan that they, they're willing to commit to consistently. You know, strength training and, and conditioning. There's some fundamental principles that have to be in place: you know, the principle of progressive overload, rest and recovery, correct nutrition. You know, the, the correct loading systems for the for for what you're trying to train. And 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 people don't have an understanding of that. They're just looking for well, if I need to. If I want to get to B, yeah. what's the quickest point from A to get there? Not understanding that right. it's often the simplest things done repetitively, consistently over time that I get the results. And often mm-hmm. it's not the fancy things. You know, obviously the, the thing with Instagram now and the social media world, everyone's trying to look to, to almost make things too fancy, too complicated. Right. And the fundamental training and the science and the principles of training are being thrown out of the window. So common mistake not understanding where, uh, what the basic training principles are they need to be uh, implementing, and then having the patience and consistency to stick that out over a long period of time to actually get the results in the multifaceted areas that you're needing. So sometimes really good at training and neglecting nutrition. Sometimes really good at, at nutrition, not understanding the training space. And those, those fundamentally are, are what I see a lot of.
0: It, it's got to be varied obviously, people using their form differently or whatever it might be. Um, but regardless of whatever the mistake that might be uh, fundamentally, how big is safety in your line of work?
1: Yeah, well, safety is key. Um, I work a lot with young boys as well. So we've got a a, a big part of my business is is working in the school environment and conditioning boys for rugby at schoolboy level. Okay. So, but but regardless of that, uh, we've got the safety first always. So, you know, when when we're training the boys, we've got this philosophy, we talk about spine first, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with my spine, am I aware of my posture, can I hold correct shape under load, firstly, can I work with my own body weight efficiently, do I understand posture and shape, and making sure they understand those parameters very well, Um, and all the loading comes secondary to mechanics, technique, form and posture and control mm. and, and really educating before loading so that's a key thing of understanding you know what rep ranges they should be working in, why they should be working in those spaces, how that shape should look so they can coach each other especially in big squat environments oh, yeah. where you have 30 boys maybe in a weight room and you're working through them, you really encourage and teach guys to coach each other, mm. be self-aware so it's a massive thing, obviously, and I think it's, again, coming back to big mistakes, especially in the younger levels, it can get quite ego-related, lifting and squatting a certain amount of weight, so oh, yeah, getting the education right is really important, but yeah, safety is paramount, uh, it's non-negotiable, and uh, any weight room that we operate or I work in, the discipline has got to be really good to yeah. make sure that uh, that's, that's kept.
0: Yeah. That's a big key. I, I can imagine. And when you, know, when you said like form posture, I straightened up cause I'm like, Oh, you know, I hope I'm yeah. doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's one thing that a lot of people don't really, um, take too seriously. They'll go into the weight room, do their thing. And then you realize it later on that, you know, there's just these tiny adjustments that would make you so much better. And I, I was wondering when you coach somebody one-on-one, or you coach a big group, are you a big yeller? Are you a uh, you know, a personal one-on-one guy. What kind of coaching style do you have?
1: Yeah, I think you know, there, there's a time and a place for both styles and both strategies. Um, you can only yell at someone if you've done, if you've educated first. So a lot of coaches I see make a mistake of getting there and 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 sort of kind of being over aggressive, yelling a lot. They haven't done the sure. time and the effort to get get the education, the platform. Mm. So if there's an ill-disciplined situation or something I need to take in hand, then I'll, I I make get the energy up a little bit and yell. There you go. But it's attention to detail. It's attention to education, making sure uh, that the athletes are understanding what's expected of them. And then really the art of a coach is to coach. So not to yell. There's a time, especially in our field conditioning sessions, they can get quite, uh, quite aggressive. Rugby is a full contact sport. You know, we don't have padding really. Yeah, so guys are going live against each other. It's bone on yeah. bone. Um, and safety can become quite an issue there in terms of disciplines. So there we get very vocal very quickly um, to make sure that when guys are ill-disciplined, there. up. Right? But the style has got to be you've got to earn the right to yell. So you, you have to have taken the time to educate, to explain, and allow for questions. If you create that platform, then the yelling becomes part of the deal. The players actually embrace it, they enjoy it, and it creates good energy in the session. But, uh, you know, often find lazy coaches yell, Cause out of frustration because they haven't taken the time to go through the basics okay. with their athletes, which, which which creates those kind of problems.
0: I like that. I don't think I've ever heard that. You've got to create the right to yell as a coach. I think a lot of people can learn from this message. This is That's really good stuff. Um, I was wondering what your personal goals are as a training coach or just you personally moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm really looking to – Personally, you know, it was, it's actually a great question because I'm in a particular stage in my life now where I've kind of been 22 years in the game. I worked right at the top end of rugby international level. I had the privilege of going to a World Cup, winning a World Cup, um, and then coming back now, I've got a young family. I've got three children yeah, uh, and really taking the knowledge of the 22 years and finding a way to kind of leverage that more online now and create a more online presence and actually create a business online uh, off the back of the base that i built. So... For me personally, a personal level, um, um, I would say my personal health objectives in the last two years is to get into the best shape of my life, and I feel I've achieved that. So, at 44 years old now, I'm probably the strongest, fittest, and leanest I've been. Um, so nice. that was a personal project that I took on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to. to I, I'm a big believer in that. If you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. People won't do what you tell them to do; they'll do what they see you do. I think it's again fundamental principle of modelling earning respect, Um, there's a difference between having the the knowledge, but your ability to show the discipline that you can also apply is key. Um, And so I've done that in my own life to position myself into this and in this particular phase. And then from from there, convert that into, into helping as many people as possible on that same journey. I think there's a, there's a big need for high end quality sound information in a very crowded space of health and fitness. Everyone's an online coach. everyone's trying to trying to give you a six pack in three weeks everyone's uh, talking the talk you know how it is so create create a in-depth relationship with the guys that are following me based on credibility and add as much value as i can Mm. and use that as a foundational principle for building a business out of this
0: steve when we scheduled this interview um it was a total time difference just completely different time difference i'm at 7 a.m when we started you're at 4 p.m over in South That's Africa. Right. I was wondering if you notice anything different in what America's doing as opposed to South Africa when it comes to training and workouts and gyms even, like the structuring or, or whatever they do differently.
1: You know, I think when I look at the top guys there, I think when you've got an understanding of training, there's obviously, I mean, training principles are training principles. They mm-hmm. don't change. So, you know, there is obviously a similarity between NFL and rugby. It's a contact sport. It's explosive power. So how you how you condition an athlete to be explosive, stronger, faster, those will stay the same. It's the same analogy. The way you build a house is going to fundamentally stay the same. Sure. You know, the same foundation. It's going to be the same mix of sand and cement. You're going know, to build the walls the same. Hmm. There may be some variation in the color of the paint and the, the type of chandelier you hang from the roof. But fundamentally yeah. and principally, is a commonality. So when I see the, the good trainers in the States, some guys that I have a look at there, you know, principally very sound guys. Where the variation comes in is, is, is as I spoke about earlier, is the flight of the of, of the fitness gurus in the online market. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very quickly, it's very easy to see the difference between the guys that really know and understand the science of training and the art of training and put that together versus guys that are online, in great shape, get a social media and follow you and try to cash in and make a business out of it. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, globally, if you understand strength and conditioning, you're going you to have commonality. You know, there may be slight application variances depending on different sports, mm. um, but fundamentally the same.
0: Okay. What would you say is the best feeling you've ever had as a coach or trainer?
1: Yeah, well, it's got to be when the final whistle blew. In France, uh, at the end of the World Cup final, we uh, played a, Yeah, we played England in, in the final in France 2007. And yeah, I mean, that was a combination, four-year effort with that group of players, um, bowling up uh, and, and then going to a final and actually getting to the final. Sold out stadium, 90,000 people. Um, in one of the greatest tournaments in the world. That final whistle going and, and having won a World Cup. It's very special. Going back to the change room afterwards. Our president at the time was... Um, Talbou and Becky walking into our changing room with the trophy there. Yeah, it's words that you can't really describe. Those words oh, in words, uh, that those feelings. But yeah, a very special, real privilege. Um, and it was a really special group of men as well uh, that we really got close to as a coaching staff. Um, created a real family unit there, and I think it was one of the keys to our success. Um, you know, when you can co- convert a sports team into a family, uh, and you can create the same sort of environmental Uh, principles and values that you have in a family um, you get that extra 2 or 3% that you needed to win things like World Cups Mm -hmm. so uh, for me without a doubt that that has to be it's very hard to beat something like that
0: I I can't even imagine that 90,000 people cheering you on you win at the highest stage I mean there's nothing better than that did you get to take anything back from that I mean do you get to you know, what we do sometimes is we get rings or we get medals or something like that what did you guys get to take home from that
1: Yeah, we all got World Cup winning medals, which was great. So we got presented with gold medals afterwards. So we got to bring those back. Um, And yeah, something I just want to follow on in terms of memory, when we got back to South Africa after winning the World Cup, um, Nelson Mandela was still alive at the time. Um, And he was a big supporter of the Springbok rugby team. And yeah, I mean, I get goosebumps talking about it now. We arrived at at the airport back in Johannesburg and we got on the bus with the World Cup. And we went to his house where he was living and, oh and he gosh. was waiting for us. And we, we walked in there. He was wearing a springbok jersey. Uh, and we got to meet him in his home, present him with a World Cup. And I got a great picture of him with my arm around him shaking his hand with a World Cup on his desk. And just, you know, it's, again, Nelson Mandela is one of those few individuals in the world where, again, it's very difficult to explain his aura. Now, mm. to think that we had these 30 of the biggest, strongest Rugby athletes in the world yes. coming into this into his environment, and just the the way that they almost sort of would lower their heads, mm. and there wasn't a, a, a you know there wasn't a word spoken, and just the respect and like you know, Nelson Mandela's here and how he was, you know, he was a, such an unbelievable man. Uh, he acknowledged everyone in his presence. Uh, we, they had a dinner the one evening, um, and give an example the kind of character that he was. Mm. And after the dinner, before he had finished, he just told everyone, uh, I think he'd done a talk or something, he said, if you can just wait here, I just need to go uh, get somebody. And he went to the kitchen staff and he brought the whole kitchen staff out that had been working behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Um, and he publicly just wanted to honor and thank them for their work wow. to help, help provide for the evening. So he was that kind of special guy. Uh, so yeah, winning besides winning the World Cup, taking that World Cup back to Nelson Mandela's house, and meeting him was, yeah,
0: oh, special. that is incredible. I love that story just to kind of touch on what kind of man he was, and obviously a real, true world leader. We don't really see that as much today as we used to. Um, golly, that is insane. I wanted to know, what, give or take, what you thought about what nutrition brings to the workout scene. I know it's very important. They say a lot about, you know, the percentages being more nutrition than even working out. But what is it in your nutrition that you really focus on?
1: Yeah, so I think, I mean, this is is one of those how how long is a piece of string conversation that you can go on for hours about. But I think (laughs) principally, really fundamentally, is if someone's looking to improve their nutrition to try and remove as much processed foods out of their diet as possible. Um, You know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day you know, we've never had more access to information. We've never been cleverer than we are right now as a human race. And yet sure. people there's more obesity and diabetes and, and, and ill health ever in the world. And a big part of that is the amount of processed foods and sugars that are coming through the system right. um, and playing havoc with people's insulin, ability to, to, to get rid of body fat and understanding the role that insulin plays in removing body fat um, and and Foundationally, if you just start at one place and say I'm going to eat as much as much real food as possible, mm-hmm. increase my water take, and eliminate as much sugar out of my life as possible, you're really going to be in a far better place. Yeah. So fundamentally, we are, with guys that I need to use weight with, we do a lot of intermittent fasting uh, from from a point of trying to get insulin levels down. We remove a lot mm-hmm. of pro- all the processed food out of their diets, and we start there as a fundamental, foundational, basic. Then the variance will come in, how much protein, depending on how much weight training the individual's doing, or they trying to add muscle, or they trying to lose weight, or they trying to maintain, whatever the case may be. But fundamentally, it's about principle-based. Move the processed foods, um, remove the sugar, eat as much real food as you can, watch your carbohydrate intake, especially if you're trying to lose weight, and make sure you're getting at least a gram per pound of, of protein per body weight as a fundamental foundation if you're trying to maintain lean mass. That is really, in a nutshell, very simplified nutritional banker sort of philosophy. If you use that as a template to go forward and you can build it from there, you're really going to go from a good start.
0: Okay, absolutely. And I'm going to take that into consideration, too. I'm writing notes down. Um, So I was kind of hoping that I could get you with some quick responses. We call this rapid fire. I give you a a workout here, and you tell me what you think about it like in a quick uh, you know, a sentence or two, and then we move on to the next, uh, to the next workout. Are you good with that?
1: Sure. I'll just react to what you say. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I mean, I don't, they're not all workouts, but, um, what do you think about squats?
1: Yeah. Great exercise banker fundamental exercise for improving strength, power, and speed. Yeah. Burpees. Yeah. Be careful of burpees. Uh, If your forms are good and your controls are good, can be feed a high risk injury so i think there's mm-hmm. better more efficient ways of doing it not a big fan of burpees sleds yeah sled absolutely love sleds safe you can go heavy with sleds aggressive and do a lot of work with them uh low eccentric loading so you don't get stuff easily from sleds how much doms. great definitely include sleds in any program
0: solid um fasting with your nutrition
1: Fasting can play a key role in controlling insulin and help you lean up. Good for mental clarity and cognitivity as well. So definitely someone looking to improve their cognitive performance and drop body fat something they should really look into.
0: Energy drinks.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of energy drinks. Most energy drinks are loaded with sugar, with caffeine on the side. It's good sleep, solid nutrition, bit of, bit of, bit of coffee and you're good to go. Supplements. Again, very controversial topic. It mm. must have a place only if, if your nutrition and training and sleep and things like that, the fundamental foundational pillars of training and health were in place. And then only then should you consider them. And for me, a whey protein, maybe a creatine, that's where you're looking at. All the rest is, is probably not going to give you much uh, return for the money you're spending.
0: Okay. Uh, ropes.
1: Yeah, joy ropes, lots of versatility. I use a lot of ropes in my training. Very functional, very versatile, and multifaceted training equipment. Great to have. Cheap, easy to use.
0: Large group workouts.
1: Yeah, again, a large group workout is going to depend on the ability of the trainer to control that environment and make Mm. it effective and safe. So have a great social component to them, but make sure if you're going to train in large groups, you have a good coach to get effective training and don't just use it as as a social excuse to get together and sweat.
0: Sure. Uh, Rowing machine.
1: Yeah, I enjoy the ergo, low impact, measurable. You can set distances, you can get times. So it's a very nice piece of equipment to incorporate, either just as an endurance piece of equipment, HIIT training, definitely all decent gyms, should have ergos.
0: No shoes on the workout.
1: Yeah, I, I train a lot in my socks personally. So again, depends on the environment, where you're training I train a lot in socks. I like the feel of of, of my, my, my my bare feet for squatting just mm-hmm. to feel my shape and my my own uh, my own training. So again, make sure your socks are clean, uh, and that it's not <laughs> offensive to those around you. Right. But otherwise, yeah, yeah. I mean, training in your most natural state as possible is good.
0: Um, flipping tires.
1: Yeah. Again, flipping tires can be great fun but also high injury, depending if the tire's too heavy. see a lot of guys do uh, backs with incorrect ability. Some guys can't even squat their own body weight properly and they're trying to get into that deadlift mm. position with a and spine. So again, shape and form first. Can you control the weight? Do you have a good base level of strength first? It's an explosive movement. If you're getting through triple extension from your knees, hips, into lower back without a strength base and trying to explosively flip the tire, you're potentially putting yourself at high risk of injury. So be careful of
0: tire flips. Steve, thank you for doing that. Um, I knew that you knew what you were talking about. I definitely know, you know what you're talking about now. I mean, you give good details. I love hearing about what you bring to the training world in South Africa and online. So you're doing it all over the world. It's amazing to see it. I wanted one last question from you. Um, and that was, you know, any advice that you would give to somebody trying to improve their bodies in general?
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely. I think there's I call it the just to sum it up, I call it a the, the performance pyramid. So the first thing is you gotta you gotta get the mindset right. So if you if you imagine a pyramid, the base of the pyramid I call it is the mindset error. So you gotta get that right. You've got to make the conscious decision that you really wanna improve how you feel, how you look, and that's gonna be a real decision. Some guys think they've made that decision, but they haven't really committed. Mm. Without the commitment, you won't create the consistency, you won't get the result. That's fundamental. Build credibility with yourself, decide that's something that's really important to you, prioritize it, make the decision. And then you need to understand that nutrition and sleep are the other keys that you have to get right to unlock performance and improvement. And while you can train a lot, you can get a lot fitter and stronger. You're not aesthetically going to improve from a body composition point of view if you're not getting your sleep and your nutrition right. That is a key mistake guys make. So understanding how to do that, how to control insulin, how to work your macros, how to remove processed food is key. And then from then on, it's about getting the correct training and making sure your training program is principally sound very important. It's not just some random collection of exercises put together that make you sweat. It's right. got a plan, it's got a goal, it's got structure, and the training principles are incorporated in there, and then commit to consistency of application. Don't jump programming. Stick to something that you believe in, you've done your homework on, and it ticks all those boxes. Be patient, Prepare to do the work, and anybody can make radical changes to their health and fitness.
0: Steve I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. I don't think you know it. There we go my man. <laughs> <laughs> hey thank you so much for being on the show. It was a blast to hear all that you know all that you've been through it's amazing. Um, guys you can follow Steve at Steve Mac conditioning on Instagram and believe me you're gonna get a lot out of it Steve any last words?
1: Yeah just thank you very much Trenty. Uh, try Trent, to you guys. I really appreciate uh, you reaching out it's great to connect. And all the best to you and your show. And then the listeners, I hope they found some value. And, and guys, hit me up, uh, DMs on on cm Conditioning. I really do make an effort to get back to all of you and everyone. Even though sometimes it takes a few days, I go through every single one. So if you want to connect with me privately and you're prepared to wait a day or two, I'll get back to you. And I'm happy to chat to questions further that you may have online.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Steve. I wish you the very best.
1: Okay. All the best. Stay in touch.
0: Now guys, this is typically where we stop the podcast. We wrapped it up, we did our thing. I was able to talk to Steve after the podcast and then he started to talk about some of the things that he's been working on, so I threw the record button back on. Absolutely outstanding dude. We're just having a conversation back and forth and he's talking about how much he really wants to help the community and who he wants to target when he's trying to help people as well. So guys, check this out as well. You guys gotta gotta hear this.
1: I'm looking to diversify that and, and get into some real online coaching mm-hmm. um, and connect with individuals sort of on this level um, and really just try to help guys, you know, get into shape. I've, I've been working with some amazing guys in South Africa, some great results with guys dropping 20, 30, 40 kilos of weight Yeah, and understanding that you know, to change someone's life, it's multifaceted. And I think in the fitness industry, that's missing a bit as well. So it's not just about the training or just about the nutrition and that mindset part has been very interesting for me. Finding out why, when a guy's in bad shape, what is the history? How did he get there? Mm-hmm. Those ha- behaviors and those habits and those kind of things and unpacking those things, having strategies to deal with those things, giving him the correct information and ammunition around his nutrition, his training, and then creating a, a an environment of accountability that he can connect with me and stay in that space. And then uh, build a, sort of build that relationship. And then within three to six months, it's, the transformations are really incredible. Oh, I can you imagine. So it's that old analogy of there's nothing as powerful as a made-up mind. you know? and, yeah. and a lot of guys, especially my age now in their 40s, have almost given up on themselves mm. and thought, I'm done. So when I said, listen, look at me, it's, you, you're far from done. You know, you to awaken the warrior in you again. You know, all of us have been given the, this God-given warrior spirit inside of us and we need to, you need someone to come along and sort of sometimes shake you by the shoulders and say, wake up, mm-hmm. your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Yeah. And you know what, I can actually help you in these areas and this is how to do it. It's actually not that difficult. you got to eat this elephant one piece at a time and have that support system and it's, it's a very rewarding thing to see lives changing like that. So, that's the kind of space I want to go in, even though I've worked at international level on a sports side. I always have that. I enjoy that. Yeah, For me, transforming lives and, and making a, a tangible difference in people's lives and seeing how it impacts on their family and their marriages and their children, is what really excites me at a deeper level.
0: Yeah. Golly, that's cool. I mean, yeah, you're doing really good things, like super positive things that a lot of people, I think it's it's not a business as much as it is like a personal, genuine concern for you. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, But it's awesome to have someone like you respond to me on Instagram and you know get on the show and it's 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 exciting, man. It's 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 awesome to have you.
1: I'm open for discussion with anybody about anything. So, you know, I think that's how life works. And uh, if there can be reciprocal value added, then everyone benefits. You know, one hand washes the other. Yeah. And I think the more people have that mindset of helping each other, regardless of whether you've got a hundred thousand followers or five, I think yeah. a lot of people elevate themselves and they get to a certain following and it's ridiculous we're all sure. people if you've got a good motive in life and you're trying to add value and trying to do something people should help each other sure and i think uh, i think you know we need more of that in the world so you know if i can help you in any way just let me know
0: sure thank you so much i appreciate that and that concludes our interview with Steve Mack. Guys, if you haven't yet, go and check him out on Instagram. Super good dude. He's been doing big things. Great big account. But the thing is that he has this big account for a reason. It's because he's actually helping people. And people recognize real things going on on social media. He's doing it. So, guys, uh, once again, go and check him out and give us a follow at All Sports Best. We'd appreciate it.